Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Running Obstetrician Podcast. My name is Christopher Morosky, and I am the Running Obstetrician. In this episode, we will be discussing an obstetrics topic. Obstetrics. And this will be a continuation of our exploration of obstetrical forceps. In this episode, we will be discussing the lock of the obstetrical forceps. The lock of the forceps serves many purposes. The first is to provide an area of pivot or to act as a fulcrum. This allows closure of the forceps to result in an appropriate amount of compression on the fetal head. The lock also allows the branches of the forceps to become more rigid and remain in place so that the positioning of the blades about the fetal head can be maintained throughout the application of traction or rotation. In the original forceps, the lock was not built into the shank or handle. Rather, a piece of leather strap or twine was used to tie the branches together. This was eventually replaced with a small, removable piece of metal, which could slip over the branches and briefly hold them in place. The locks that we see in modern forceps were invented in the early 1700s. Their names are derived from the schools of origin from which they were created. Doucet of France gets credit for one of the earliest attempts at creating a lock, the French lock. His original thought was that each branch could be inserted into the maternal pelvis and once closed, both branches could be removed as one. Doucet accomplished this by flattening the shanks so that they could be fit over each other. He then created a small hole in one shank through which a small removable screw could be placed into the other shank. The more modern forceps rarely possess the French lock any longer, but of interest, but of interest the Levray forceps, popular in the 1740s and 1750s, led to the Hodge forceps in the 1800s. And this same Dr. Hugh Lennox Hodge was the inventor of the Hodge pessary, still in modern use. The German lock often carried this small button-type modification of the French lock. Here, a small button protrudes from the shank of one branch and fits into the cutout hole in the shank of the opposite branch. Across the top of the two articulated branches is affixed a wing nut, which can be tightened down to firmly hold the branches closed. The Tarnier forceps, introduced by Stefan Etienne Tarnier in the mid-1800s, and the Dewey forceps both have German locks, and both have built-in attachable parts for axis traction handles. In observing these forceps, the operator can envision the benefit of having the lock securely in place with the screwed-down wing nut, and not having to worry about movement of the blades about the fetal head while attaching the axis traction handle. Smelly of the Marisol Smelly Weitz maneuver for breech vaginal delivery was a Scottish obstetrician born in 1697. He did his training in London, England, where he stayed on as a teacher. Smelly gets the credit for inventing the first English lock. This lock contains a very simple deep notch cut into each shank. In apposition, the shoulder of one shank fits neatly into the notch of the opposite shank. This lock is seen in the Simpson forceps and the Elliott forceps of modern times, as well as all of their descendants. The sliding lock was first introduced by Christian Keeland, a Norwegian obstetrician, in 1908. This lock actually is quite simple, but ingenious in that it allows the shanks of the two branches to slide over each other, thus adjusting for asyncletism of the fetal head. Barton forceps, similar to Keelan forceps in that they were also designed to deal with the transverse position of the fetal head, were also created with the sliding lock. While the blades of these two forceps are vastly different, the sliding lock is the same, and both use the sliding lock to deal with asyncletism 
and the malposition fetal head. Lastly, the pivot lock is worth mentioning. It was really perf perfected and brought into common use by Dr. Leonard E. Lauf, the author of the book that I use regularly for this podcast series on obstetrical forceps. Instead of being seated within the shank, the pivot lock sits at the end of the handles, the furthest distance from the toes of the forceps blades. The lock contains a small protected axle at the base of one branch, which fits into and rotates about the groove created in the opposite branch. This lock converts the forceps into a class 3 lever, like tweezers, rather than the class 1 lever, like scissors, of the rest of the forceps that we have been discussing with the lock in the middle of the shank. This allows for decreased compression on the fetal head when traction alone is applied. Alright, well that's obstetrical forcep locks in a nutshell. I hope you got something good out of this podcast. Be sure to check out these locks and some of the forceps that you have on your labor and delivery unit. If you are looking for more podcasts, check out our website at www.runningobstetrician.com, and of course you can find us on iTunes. Until next time, take care, take it easy, and keep on running. <music>